The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Corey, I couldn't help but notice that you're wearing a shirt. I try to whenever possible. Uh, there were laws passed. What are the odds that you wear a shirt every day of your life? Almost forty percent. At a boy. Well, let me let me tell you about a little uh, sales bonanza we got going here. We got some friends. These uh, these friends got some codes. Go visit our friends uh, at the Hate. That's the. If you can't spell the, go back to school. Hate H V I I I dot com. Use the code HPG fifteen get fifteen percent off your order. And if your tits still require more fabric. Go to status. I need to double up. You got to double, double. You never have too much tit fabric. Go to statusforyourmerch.com, use the code TERROR, and, uh, and get you some sweet discounts there. Welcome to episode 94 of the podcast here, a production. It's, it's a production. Of uh, the Galactic a Network. Turduction? It's a turducken of uh, the Galactic Network. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is Corey Scott. Corey, how are you? I am the turkey inside of your duck. Yep. And uh, then I guess. And then we're the we're the uh, the the turk the tur- the truck inside of Dave's chicken. Yeah, <laughs> I think the works? chicken goes. Oh, inside. the chicken goes. In- yeah. It's it's duck chicken turkey okay so then if you're inside of me that makes you the duck if i'm the chicken okay so that makes us no chuck (laughs) and then we go inside of dave who's the turkey to make the turducken he's the wagon at that point that doesn't really work so we'd have to be where does jack fit in i feel like jack would be jack is the one uh squeezing juice on us He's the worm. Jack he's is, a he's a little tequila worm. He's the worm in the tequila. I actually like it better that uh, Jack would just have a turkey baster and is just basting right. us as we slowly cook, in eager anticipation of eating all six of our legs mm, on a right. uh, holiday based on genocide. Uh, for more on this podcast, including show notes, contact information, subscription links, go to gncast.com/pot. You can chat with us on our Slack channel, uh, gncast.com/signup. But not really. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter over there as well. Um, before we get into the news, we're going to do our... What you drinking? Uh, I am drinking sweet, sweet Roner Park Tap. Oh. Uh, it is oh. Just, just plain old water right from the... Not from the hose, because uh, I'm not in a porn, but from from my sink. Uh, you uh, from the fire with, hose. With my, my probably not filtered well enough ice cubes. Yeah, fuck it. From my fridge. And I feel good about it. I feel really good about it. I got sunburned on Sunday. You're looking uh, a little red. I went outside. I, I am. My face is peeling off, like I'm that guy in Poltergeist. And uh, I forgot that when you are outside, that the sun is actively trying to kill you at all times. Yeah, yeah. The sun is basically a, a live murder ball. A murder ball of that fire. is. That is how I feel about it. <laughs> Um, but it was it was a good time. It was for a friend's birthday, and I just I didn't think things through. Well, don't get sunburnt anymore, you goddamn lobster. But uh, I never want to go outside again. Yeah, just just don't ever leave your house ever again. Um, this may surprise you, but I'm drinking Lipton iced tea. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I had I had my yearly physical this morning, and I got into like some weird argument with the doctor about how I need to eat less chicken nuggets and funyuns and uh be less fat so i was like i'll take a night off a beer uh but the lady who gave me my tetanus shot is like what are you doing for the fourth of july and i'm like i don't know someone just told me i need to have less carbs she's like are you really gonna you're gonna not drink for the fourth and i said fuck that i'm yeah. gonna drink on the fourth i just i did good today i exercised i ate right i just gonna take this one all the way home so it's kind of like flossing after you just went to your your dentist. dentist yeah it's like 
oh, I'm going to floss from now on until the next time I see you and you floss for two days. And you're like, that's and it. That, we're that's, done here. It must be good enough. You know, well, I've got everything out for the next three months. My intent was yesterday to do just just really eat good because I knew I had to fast for 12 hours. And uh, I just went to Chili's for soup, salad, and chips and salsa and just ate all the salt. <laughs> <laughs> like that probably had a lot to do with the fact that everything is horrendous on me. Um, including yeah, I've been bikini. borderline high for for all the things with the the bad cholesterol and the good cholesterol and everything else for the last few years. So I, I feel like it hasn't changed. So I'm still okay. Well, that's but the, I did buy myself some oatmeal. The, yeah. See, the lady's like, Which oh, this is high. And this is high. And I said, here's the fucked up thing, young lady. I said, uh, the first year I went, I'm like, I didn't exercise whatsoever. I said, the next year I started exercising. My numbers went up. I said, the next year I exercised more. The numbers went up. I said, this, this year I've been eating better, exercising the most I have probably in my entire life. And I said, and they're fucked. So I'm like, what, 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 I don't, what do you want me to do? You've also had a good amount of home stress like well, trying to, to move and everything the lady's like, you, you just got back from a trip where your work paid for you to eat crap the yeah. whole time yeah. and well she's it, like it, do you do you drink ever and i'm like i dabble <laughs> i have a snifter of port once in a while and uh she's kind of listening and i said honestly like i don't like i don't feel like i drink enough to be considered like an alcoholic or anything like that but i'm like if i'm gonna have a beer i said it's gonna be a giant bottle and it's gonna be a nice beer which is generally worse for you than coors light maybe i should start a health podcast like how to be fat and not fat at the same time just how to be fat and okay with it yeah you know you you can be fat and and not be in worry for your life and and you can be fat and maybe take baby steps to get a little bit healthy but there's something to be said for you still got to enjoy living yep and and I, I know that some people do enjoy having a, a good diet and working out and all of those things. And I don't want to take that away from anybody. Yeah. But I went through a couple of years where I basically was starving to death because my body was rejecting anything I tried to eat or drink. And I don't want to go back to that. And now I'm a big freaking lard ass. And I'm not happy you 100% with it. Are beautiful. But I'm certainly more comfortable. You're beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, and my wife likes me you know yeah. well that's I, my family likes me yeah uh so so i'm john candy at the end of planes trains and automobiles <laughs> uh and and probably two years away from dying like oh john God. candy at the oh end God. of planes trains and automobiles stop, stop eating salt please i don't even know if you eat too much salt i don't know i i i find that i i do i, I like love salt utilize, yeah i, I mean fucking i love salt. i don't shy away from it no I mean, but i don't buy like a lot of salty stuff it's i use it normally mm-hmm. when i'm cooking mm-hmm. no, i'm the same way the, this whole conversation i had the mental image of uh bart simpson sitting in a bathtub with a rag on a stick and he just goes i'll wash myself with a rag on a stick <laughs> so that's uh my brain is pretty much just a monkey clanging cymbals the entire time <laughs> it's a real mess up there no wonder i can't sleep all right, let's get into some news. All right. Here. Uh, well, let's. let's we, we should warn everybody this week. Oh, yeah. We are going Thank to be you. reviewing, uh, after our news, yep. as we do, uh, we're going to be reviewing the Babadook. Yep. We are closing and... out Pride Month with the <laughs> recently crowned gay icon, the Babadook. Isn't that what always, like, what the, the most homophobic people say is, like, the, the gays are going to point at me and say, you're gay now, and I'm just going to have to accept it, and so I don't yeah. I don't like gay people or something. Uh, I, but the Babadook seems to just be like, yeah, I am, and taking this in total stride. Uh, it seems to really like it, and I feel like that's that's a great way to to celebrate. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little uh, later. Also, the story, the actual story on how... The Babadook became an LGBTQ icon is going to be in the show notes, so please read it because it's, it's it's pure insanity. Um, first news story we have, Saw Legacy has now been renamed uh, Jigsaw and is coming out on, I almost said Christmas, Halloween. Uh, which is Christmas for us. Yeah, yeah our friends over at HorrorGeekLife.com uh, brought us this story, and I believe Melissa even mentioned something about this when she was on last uh, with uh, Randy when we did our, our Friday the 13th dual episode. But so Saw was a huge film franchise, if yep. you've not heard of it. I had seven movies prior in the in the uh, the series, and it, it starred a character who went by Jigsaw, 
played by Tobin Bell, uh, John Kramer. And at some point in the series, he dies. He's got, sorry for the spoiler uh, for the now at least 15 year old series. He, he's gone, but the, the Saw movies kept happening. So in this, he's not coming back to life, which is good because that would seem unusual. But he is a part of the film again. Right. In some but way. you could just it could just take place at a different time in the series. I don't even know if it's that. I think what they're I think what it is is that part of what made Saw cool to me and 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 we've we've talked about uh Eli Roth and uh Hostel versus Saw and I always found the Saw series a little bit more interesting because the Jigsaw's motivations mm-hmm. and his machinations, the way he makes the things happen is is he's he thinks things ahead. He he's uh He's diabolical in how he plots out what's going to happen to the to the victims uh, who aren't even necessarily supposed to be victims all the time as much as he's putting them into very difficult situations and letting them kind of work out how they wanted to end uh, in a way. And so it could be like he had some master plan of something was going to happen in in seven years. Uh Kind of like David Lynch had with Twin Peaks. Yeah, something like that. I'm really curious to see what they do. I I, I really liked the Saw movies until like four and five, I think. I started to give up on them, but I still saw them. I own them on digital video disc. Most people listening may not know what that is, but it's a little <laughs> CD. You put it in. There's a, there's a moving picture on it, and it shows up on your talkie box. Um but and the I, I'm really like worried to read anything about it because I don't want to. I don't want the movie to suck. I really don't, and I'm pretty concerned, pretty convinced that it will. Um, it's gonna take something special to. I don't want to say rekindle, but to unfuck up what the last four movies fucked up. Well, I know that we haven't reviewed the. We should probably the, do that. Well, we should, yeah. but I was going to say we haven't reviewed the new Blair Witch, correct? No, we've both, we both seen it, yes. and we both—I think—we both kind of had positive things to say about it. Yeah, but I had the same general fear going into it that I do with this no, one. No, and and that's what I mean is that coming back this many years later, we could certainly expect that it could either be terrible or it could be good or yeah. it could be great, and and there has to be a reason why they're bringing it back. Now, it, it certainly the the films were never not successful, uh, but seven years is a long time to wait to bring something like this back. Yeah, this kind of franchise, although it doesn't seem like that long ago now. And realistically, since so much stuff is available for streaming or or like you said, you own the DVDs and stuff, mm-hmm. the stuff doesn't exit people's minds in the way that, that it used to. Uh, Twenty five years for Twin Peaks, people who are who've never watched it before are just now discovering it and watching it to, to catch up for the new series saw being just seven years ago ending a lot of people who, who remember saw remember it like it was pretty recent uh, and, and probably maybe even just watched it recently. So it, it seems like it could, it could be successful. I remember seeing saw one in the movie theater. Same here. And it was changed my life. It's the first time I, I achieved erection watching a horror movie. <laughs> the last time I, I know, uh, <laughs> but but I don't I don't think we ever went back to see any of the other Saw movies in the theater. I think we no. just kind of mm-hmm. waited for cable or we got them on DVD. Maybe I did. Maybe I saw like two because I was trying to, you know, slay some gash. But I don't think I saw three, four. By four, I was pretty much married. Yeah, and and yeah. one of the things is that Saw was I think that was the first time that we got something from James Wan and James yes. is, you know, yes. like big name. He's, he's done done some shit now, hasn't he? He's done a lot of shit. Yeah, that's just it. Is it, uh, the Conjuring movies and Insidious oh, films yeah. are all James Wan. Uh th- this is a guy who has moved from that onto doing a lot of stuff and Oh, he's doing wow, holy shit. Oh, uh, he's doing the new Mortal Kombat, Conjuring 3, Insidious 4, The Nun, The Crooked Man, 
the Resident Evil reboot, uh, the Annabelle prequel. Well, well, he's he's producer on all of those things, but the big thing that he's actually directing is the Aquaman movie from uh, from DC. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that that's and he directed the uh, premiere episode of the MacGyver TV series, which is a little weird. And Furious Furious Seven. I just saw it. Like um, that's the thing is that guy, the guy who did Saw, don't did it. Let's not did look million dollar movies like Furious Seven. Let's not overlook Doggy Heaven. Well, we never do. I think that was actually one of the Saw sequels. Oh, all right. So yeah, Saw Eight. Right, that'll be Saw Eight. Yeah, Saw Eight. Jigsaw comes out uh, October twenty seventh this year of our Lord and Savior. Um, make sure you check it out. I know snuck I into that empty spot left open by Friday the 13th that ain't ever going to happen. <sighs> Let's not talk like. about that. Yeah. Uh, next story, we have Eli Roth and Jack Black will be adapting a children's book called The House with a Clock in Its Walls into a movie. Um, that seems so weird for those two people yeah. to be working together. Uh, I, I imagine a this is a an adaption of a children's book since it's Eli Roth, I assume it's the children's book is We Cut Up My Friend Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> that should just be the house with a kid in its walls. And then it's Jimmy. Dissecting Fido. Uh, yeah. It. So I think this is good. I think this is potential, potentially very good. When uh, Robert Rodriguez had kids, he stopped doing a lot of the what we consider Robert Rodriguez films at that point in time, the the weird like adult stuff like the Desperados and everything. Mm-hmm. And he started doing the Spy Kids movies. And he did uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl because he wanted to make films that his kids could see. Uh, which George Lucas said about The Phantom Menace and we probably shouldn't really compare those. But <laughs> it, it worked. It, it wasn't stuff that was for adults they didn't get the right. same enjoyment out of it but the kids really did and i feel like maybe eli roth could do a good kids movie especially if it's based off of somebody else's uh concept and work uh the this is a this involves witches and involves uh people coming back from the dead and a haunted house and a timepiece that's trapped in a wall that could obliterate humankind and it's got jack black who was just in the goosebumps movie and i think is doing the goosebumps the sequel one, yeah. everything about this sounds both like you can crap all over it because of who's involved or you can just kind of close your eyes and it. think maybe maybe we could have a little faith and, and they could pull something off that is really special and cool and I, I, I want it to be cool. I, I want it to be... Well, I actually don't give a fuck if it's cool. I, sorry, will not watch this. Well, but we also we did the episode uh, very early on where we did the... We recommended things that were horror stuff for children. Yes. Yes. And so I always kind of want to see more of that too. Uh, especially new things... Uh, while this is an adaptation, it is new to films. It's not a remake of something else. It's, it's not going to be the quality of Mr. Boogity necessarily, but oh, such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I know you really loved it. Uh, Maybe a contender for you of your te- favorite movie with uh, Santa Slay. That's true. That's true. Mr. Mr. Boogity and Santa Slay will eventually have a Thunderdome style death match for my favorite my favorite movie. Yeah, I can I can see how that would work. Yeah. Uh I I look forward to more uh terrifying stuff that's actually for kids. Yeah. That is that their entryway into like ten years from now taking over this podcast from us because you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be dying because all that salt. I'll be right behind you. I I salt the shit out of everything. Not like Jack's dad though. Salt and sausage. <sighs> behind me salting things is just such a concept that is some phrasing <laughs> all right the next news story we have we'll move past salting our sausages uh there is a game that came out called distrust it is a survival game that is based on the thing you can you can get yourself a demo right now yeah it's not out out yet but you can download the demo on steam and it's it's not it looks like i don't think they license the thing but they they 
certainly didn't disc- didn't secretize the fact that they were they were stealing a lot from John Carpenter. Yeah, the, the description is a helicopter crash left a group of, group of explorers stranded near an Arctic base as they try to find a way back. All they are doing is sinking deeper into a nightmare scenario. When they sleep, they attract a terrifying force that sucks the life out of their bodies. But the longer they battle exhaustion and stay awake, the less likely they are to survive. It's the thing. It, it is, is the thing. thing. Even looks which like is, it. I mean, which is not a bad, no. a bad object to to rip off. Not at all. It's certainly up there as is one of the best uh, horror stories around. Now, how did you like? Did you try the demo? Did you? No, I haven't had time. Is this one of those games that you think you would enjoy playing though? Um, I don't know. It's I a wanna, top down. Yeah, it's I want to. I want to see some gameplay. I guess I could just download the demo. I mean, it's not, I'm not going to lose out on any money doing that. Um, like you said, it's top down. It reminds me of like Fallout One and Two. Um, and yeah, I'd be curious to see: is it like turn based? Is it, you know, RTS? Is it, you know, whatever? I can I should just download it and fucking play it. But um, ultimately, I want to see what the reviews are before I would play it. But if it's the reviews are favorable and the gameplay looks good, I would certainly I would certainly do it. Yeah, uh, there was a horror game that I played not too long ago. I think we talked about it way back when, called Party at Hard, maybe? Yep, yep. It was about the guy who was going into the, the party next door and killing everybody. Um, uh, I, I own that game as well. That that was a fun game. Mm-hmm. And and this, it doesn't really look like that, but it's the first thing that I thought of when it came to it, probably because I don't play a lot of games. Yeah. And... Yeah, the the paranoia aspect and how how they they play off of everything, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I I would I think I added it to my cart on Steam uh for the for the demo to to try it out and I just haven't had a chance to open it up yet. But I might give this one a try. Hmm. You should. You really should. Um uh, yeah, there's no no release or anything on it that I saw. No release date yet, but the the expectation then should be out soon if the demo's there and yeah, yeah. or they'll kickstarter it and it'll fucking take oh august 23rd oh okay i'm drunk yeah drunk <laughs> tell your doctor <laughs> tell my doctor nobody tell my doctor i got drunk i don't even i don't even know how to say your last name um let's do this last news story real quick because uh it's fucking hilarious in my opinion um tying in with our lgbtq icon the Baba Duke. There is currently a Indiegogo campaign um, for the Baba Dong. So if you've ever wanted to get fucked by a seven and a half inch black dildo with the Baba Duke's face on it, you can do that. Um, I mean, wasn't that all of our first times, really? Yeah, I've just <laughs> I've always wanted to get fucked by the Baba Duke. Uh, the Baba Dong is 7.5 inches long with a base from the base to the tip and a girth of five and three quarter inches around in the thickest part. Why would they make it so small? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That that's that's just phase one for me. Not even uh, done. I I know we can't get away with making this the default picture for the podcast for downloads, but no. I really kind of want to. I also <laughs> love the fact that the picture of the of the uh, the mock up for the Baba Dong has the rainbow behind yep. it yep. I, I think it's just lovely uh and and this i don't think this was something that we knew was coming out uh-uh. before we chose this movie for this week uh-uh. uh it's just that beautiful symmetry like we're all on the same page right now how do you feel about specialized dildos and there was uh i think there was one for avatar yep. I, I believe there was, or maybe it was a, a fleshlight or something. There was a lot of different. I think there was sex both, toys. but there's a, there's also like a full sex toy line for the Fifty Shades of Grey books and movies. It, it, if there's a market, someone will make it. I, I certainly think the Fifty Shades of Grey books it have the the kind of like discretion stuff of like because the women who were reading that and they were trying to hide that they were reading that, but everybody was talking about it. There's that aspect to it, and then there's the the bdsm aspect to it i just don't know what having a a creature's face or alien presence and stuff what that does like how that 
interaction really changes because it's dressed up as something. I know that there's there's an aspect of fantasy, but this isn't really fantasy. This is no. like getting when I was a kid, I had uh, what a weird segue. I had a spray foam soap that was done up to look like Batman and Superman and stuff because I was a kid and I collected all things superheroes. But it's, it was still just goddamn soap yeah. in, a, in a canister and it just had Batman's picture on it. It it wasn't like I'm having a bath with Batman, which again, <laughs> weird premise, not where I'm trying to go with this. But as a kid, I would have thought, oh, cool, you know, because any reason to have Batman around. <sighs> I, I don't know what having a, a face... It doesn't look like it's going to add to any pleasure, or or it does what any dong doesn't do already. I just see the teeth getting caught somewhere, or scraping, yeah. or doing something. What if the I'm, Baba Dong comes to life and starts chewing on your old pussy lips? The underbite is maybe a little sexy. I don't. <laughs> I feel like they missed a step by not you know, having the tongue. But the, I was going to say that. Doesn't have one. You should put the Baba Do. He should have a big old fucking spinning, rotating, vibrating tongue that gets the butthole. Uh, there's now you're having a party. You do with the, the little clawed hands and uh, yeah. maybe the wings. I don't know. I just, it, so you put I'm such a prude. You put the fucking Baba Dong inside and you push the activator switch, and then the fucking wings come out, the claws come out, and he basically sets up shop inside your pussy. He oh, lives, so this is this there. is the chicken. This is this or this is the Baba Dave. This is what we the Baba Dave, is, yeah. And our, our turducken. No, no, love actually, circle. actually, the lady who's putting the Baba Dong inside of her would be the the, the Dave. And then the, the, the Baba Dong is you and I going inside, setting up shop. <sighs> and and, and <laughs> man, when we talk about this movie, it's going to be so much fun because some of the comparisons of like, you don't necessarily invite the Baba Dong in, uh, but you can't make him leave. It, I yeah. just, oh, there's, there's some thought. There's some real thought to this. I, I, I haven't checked out the actual campaign, but I, I, creatively there's a lot of fun to be had with with this if you want to go uh, uh, all the way our friend ashley in the chat pointed out earlier that they made lightsaber dildos which i believe is too far and then she brought up pillow pants the pussy troll i love clerks too yeah just throw that pillow pants was the greatest scene i know she can't because of pillow pants Everyone, the everyone has a pussy troll. Randall's face is the realization of what he's listening to. <laughs> like every time that I, I, I haven't watch watched Kurtz too a lot, but I will watch that scene over that and the dancing scene. I, I just will stop <sighs> See, whatever I'm doing. The dancing scene I thought was dumb. Oh, but I loved it. I it was a great song. Can I gotta, and and Rosario Dawson dancing was just that is some beauty to behold. It wasn't bad to look at, but so yeah, uh, not a lot raised for this so far. Their their no. goal is fifteen thousand dollars, and they're at four hundred twenty two. So maybe this isn't this isn't grabbing the attention that that I would have expected because it, of where we're at. this uh, this uh, campaign has not grabbed anyone by the pussy. It is uh, well, you know, maybe it's a bad sculpt. Maybe Boy. the expectations for Baba Dong are a little bit higher. It doesn't sound like or, it's been made yet, though. No, it, well, it, it hasn't, but that's exactly it. And if the, the, yeah, the fifteen thousand is not met, it will not be made. So, right. if you want they, they the Baba mock up up in that Punani, yeah, shell out a lot of money. You know, maybe people are holding out for the Baba Bong. I, I would be actually shocked if that does not exist. It, I'm. It's going to happen right now because I'm going to go patent it. <laughs> Corey's starting a Kickstarter for the Baba Bong. It's a little too close to Baba Booey. It, it really is. Yeah. Either way, the Baba Dong currently sits at $422. $15,000 goal. Your one option is $60 plus $8 shipping. <laughs> I really didn't fucking like, hey, give us a dollar because you think the Baba Dong was funny. No, I probably would have hit it then, but no. Nope. What would you pay for a licensed horror icon as a sex toy? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. Yeah, the band Ghost made butt plugs too, and it looked like the singer with his little hat. <laughs> <laughs> I think the band Ghost is garbage, but that's just that's just me. I don't even know that band, but I I kind of I I'm semi in love with them now. Their shtick is that every time they put out a new album, their singer 
is like reborn or something. I don't know. They sound like bad Blue Oyster cult. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, I was just going to say, they sound like Blue Oyster cult, which is bad. Is that better? That's better. All right. Um, that's going to do it for the news. Before we get into uh, the, the Baba Duke, goddamn Duke again, uh, I would like to point out that we have a new partner. New partner at the old Galactic Network. He's uh, he's a good friend of ours. He hangs out during all the shows. I think he uses this as an excuse to skip work because he's usually like working early in the morning when we're doing these, but our, our good friend Growly Bear is a partner. So thank you, buddy. We really appreciate that. What a kind thing to say is we we really appreciate your support of the network, and also we have concerns about you and where your what your direction is in th- with your life. Uh, are you are you skipping your job? Are you bark twice like, if you're being held hostage? <laughs> if, unless you're being host- held hostage by Galactic Network, in which case, uh, shut up. Just keep paying us. I don't know. Uh, we we really do appreciate Rally Bear, and and not just for this, but because no, I only appreciate his money. Uh, no, okay. I'm uh, uh, for me, it's mostly your looks, but oh, okay. <laughs> and the way you hold me, <laughs> I want to know what love is. <laughs> oh, so I was playing Friday the Thirteenth with some friends, and I spawned as Jason, and I started singing that, and one of my buddies is like, "I think you're the only fucking person that's ever sang that song." While playing as Jason, maybe that's what Jason's singing all the time. That's true. He just wants to know what love is. And Jason didn't take Manhattan because he wanted to kill a bunch of people. It was like that's where the band was playing that week, and he wanted to go see him. That's true. He's just going up to everybody with a machete in one hand and an extra ticket in the other. He's like, "You want to come? (laughs) I got an extra ticket. You don't have to pay for it. I just need someone to go with." No? Okay, that's where the joke ends? Yeah. That's, I, I think we took it as far as we could and then nope. further. Is the horse dead yet? Because if not, we're going to keep beating it. Mm. We're going to beat the dead horse, not off. We're not going to beat off on the dead horse. Horse ducking. The horse. <laughs> not getting into that again. All right, the movie we chose this week, The Babadook Duke Duke. Um, This is not the first time I've seen it. I think this is the first time you've seen it, right, Corey? was absolutely the first time I saw it. And as I was watching it, my wife walked into the room, looked at the TV and said, oh, God, and walked out of it, <laughs> which is what I say to 90% of the horror movies that I see her watching. Uh, I was not sure exactly she, why her reaction was so poor. Is she, is she Duke racist? No, I think that there are... This is not an easy movie to watch. Let's just Let's just start from that, is that as the story goes along... Uh, this is a movie about a mother who does not have a good handle on her life after her husband dies while taking her to the hospital when she is giving birth to their son. And a lot of the movie is basically her son is driving her insane. And a lot of other people, including her sister, do not like her son and do not like her frame of mind and where she is and it's it's not all blamed on this creature that suddenly starts showing up it is a lot of it is mentally she's just she's having a bit of a breakdown yeah and all i thought the entire time i'm watching this is i really love my mom my mom had to deal with my shit i was that kid and uh i owe her big see i wasn't that i I guess i don't know i I drank away the majority of my childhood um but (laughs) were you were you were your parents divorced no no they're still together mine were my my parents separated uh earlier than i can remember i was two and they were divorced when i was three so my mom was a single mother uh up until i was an adult when she finally met and and married a, a terrific guy and I looked at this from the perspective of the single mom. And I looked at it from the perspective of the son who is maybe at points too attached to his mom and too imaginative and too much in his own world at times and is not able to deal with general society very well. And that was certainly me. So I, I came at this from a, a like, oh, shit, this is hitting too close to home. 
Yeah, let me know when you're done being a whiny bitch. I'm I'm fine now, <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm. If you're not watching the that, if you're not watching the happened. video of this podcast, uh, Corey is crying like a little bitch. Yeah, you know, or or, or big big bitch. Big bitch. Uh, <laughs> no, I just I, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy it, but it was it was very it touched me. Yeah, in a way that only a Baba Dong can. No, uh, <laughs> just by opening up his bat wings in my butthole. Um, right. It's it's a situation that I cannot understand. A, I don't have kids. B, I wasn't the child of a single parent. I, but my one of my best friends is once again a single parent, and I respect the fuck out of him for everything he's done. But it's not something that I can I cannot put myself into that headspace. I cannot understand what it's like to do that. Now, with that being said, um, I fucking hated this kid. Like, and that, I guess that you know that was what he set out to do was to um, be annoying as fuck, and he did it. And he did a good job of it. But so before I saw this movie, it was described to me as saying, like, at the beginning you'll hate the kid, at the end you'll hate the mom, and that's kind of exactly what happened. And I'm sure that that's what they were going for, and they did a very good job of it. But the kid was just so fucking annoying but that's the problem is that you can't really communicate with kids up to a certain point and and just hit them with logic and hit them with the understanding because they come at you with emotion uh my my ex who's one of my best friends uh her son when we were together had night terrors and there's no way to control it when the, the kid just gets up in the middle of the night and starts screaming and feels terrified and you're in the next room and maybe trying to bang it out a little bit. And all of a sudden you got a kid at the door who's like trying to get in and interrupting everything. And but that's just the reality is, is that you, you kind of bring this on yourself by having a kid. Yeah. Uh, and, and some people have it by accident. Some people have it. And then realize afterwards, like, oh, shit, I can't handle this at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have to. You have to deal with it now. Yeah. And that's um, a lot of times when I talk about the fact that we decided not to have children. Um, that's usually what people say. You know, they're like, well, that's good of you to understand that that's not a situation you want to be in. Because I do believe that a lot of people have children, don't know what they're getting into, and then end up like this. They go and say, yeah, or then there are those people who say, "Oh, well, you're you just you'll you'll get there, you'll change your mind at some point," and that's because they they wish that pain on you. They just like, "I'm gonna deal with this shit. You're gonna have to deal with this shit." Yeah, uh, it's no. somehow my fault. It's I'm always my fault. Even. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Um, yeah. So I mean, we didn't. Really but like know. I said, I identify with this kid. You know, and, and and while I was I, I teased my my ex's son a little bit, uh, he was never this level of of a pain to deal with. He was he was a normal kid in in most aspects and everything, and he was delightful, and I love him, and he he's also one of my best friends, and and one of the things that I'm most proud of. I was like this kid. Mm -hmm. I was someone that at one point my mom questioned whether or not I had a soul. And thought about drowning me like a sack full of kittens. I really and and deservedly so. Like I I can tell you that I terrorized my mother at points in my life, uh, trying to get my shit together. And and she did everything she could, but it's hard when you're the only one there to handle it and you don't have help. Yeah. And what we wound up doing is moving in with my grandmother at some point because that was we were all able to help each other. But that even took work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we've very heavily digressed from the story. Yeah. <laughs> the whole reason that we're here. Um, <laughs> so, the basically, the, 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 the elevator pitch of this movie. This kid is a fuck. His mom finds... Is it his mom or does he find the, the book? I think the book winds up showing up. I, I I think it winds up 
coming into their position, but they I don't know that they actually tried to get it. It just yeah, like, I think it, it just like there. shows up. But yeah. yeah, so the book shows up, and and then the mom, uh, the son wants the mom to read it to him as a good uh, bedtime story. And um, basically, she was like, "Well, this book's kind of fucked up." And then the kid starts freaking out and saying, "Oh, the Baba Duke's gonna get us." Uh, the way he says it is the Baba Duck. Uh, whatever. Yeah. The way he said the Baba accent, Duke. His accent is very cute. Yeah, it, was, it annoyed me. But uh, so she throws the book out. Book comes back. She tears, she tears it up. She tears it. Oh, she tears it up first. Okay, I, yeah, I couldn't remember yeah. if she did. So she tears it up. It comes back like reassembled. She reads further, and it gets increasingly more disturbing as to and, what and the Baba showing Duke's her images of herself and yeah, the her kid. kid and and her killing their their dog and yeah. killing the kid and and everything and woo yeah so then she burns the book and uh that doesn't work and my favorite part is when she goes to the cops after she burns it and she's like oh this this guy is following me in this this book and they just kind of stare at her like she's fucking insane what she is? Bad she, shit. she is going insane. She's she is. Bad shit. She is being driven insane by the creature and by the situation. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, it's it's kind of like an abuser in, in a relationship where the the Babadook starts doing things to cut her off from what would be the limited support group she has. Yeah. So as she as it's driving her nuts and it's it's driving the kid to be more and more paranoid. And and he's already at a emotionally disturbed level. It it causes her to have a bigger rift with her sister and her sister's friends, and uh, her son winds up breaking the nose of his cousin, and so like that support is gone, and she's can't go into work because it's keeping her from being able to sleep. So she's sick. Her son's sick. Her son yep. is, is now taking drugs because of him acting out and stuff. And it's supposed to help him sleep, but it's not really doing what it's supposed to do. And she's reacting worse and worse. So she loses work support. Her neighbor, her, the old lady who helps out sometimes and watches her son, she starts putting a rift between them. It's cutting her off from everybody else to keep manipulating her without anybody being able to see it and stop it or help her and maybe normalizing her. There are points where she could definitely have the, the son go stay with somebody else and she doesn't because she thinks that she should be in control but that's again you can see that the babadook is kind of manifesting in her and it's like the sore in her mouth or something or a bad tooth that is coming in and she keeps kind of pulling at her mouth because she feels it but she doesn't realize that that's what it is that's deep man yeah it's a deep movie and you have to approach this with the sense of it's not a very simple... You see the image of the Babadook, and you think, oh, it's coming out of a children's book, and it's a very clean-cut, straightforward film. It's mm -hmm. not. Uh, this is, like I said from the beginning, it's an emotional film, and the motives of the Babadook, as they get explained, and the motives of the people, and how they are mentally going over the edge more and more, it's all stuff that you have to kind of, like really be invested in to to get the story otherwise you're gonna walk away from it and just feel like it was either dumb or it was like well i i like i like looking at the babadook and i like the noises that he made <laughs> dog dog would you say that the babadook uh, film is about seven and a half inches deep <laughs> yeah had to. we have to we we're basically just gonna have to give it seven and a half all the way across for the scores. I mean, we can if you want. It, it can finally beat Xanadu. No, uh, nothing can no, ever maybe. top Xanadu. Nothing scarier Such than Xanadu. A shitty fucking movie. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to make you. Um, I don't remember how the movie ends. Oh man! So one of the things that happens is that the Babadook kind of disguises itself as her husband uh which is one of the big big things it it seems as though she would be willing to give up her son to have her husband back because that was the last time that her life kind of made sense and of course he was the love of her life and everything uh so it it tries to tempt her in her basement and in doing that it's like bring me the boy and we can be together again 
And she's like, bring you who? Bring you your son? He's like, bring him to me. And it's like, oh, shit. So she's slowly getting converted over to letting this happen. You know, her, yeah. the Babadook wants to, wants to cause them pain. And I didn't quite get some of the Babadook's motivations, but it, it is, once it's in the home, it, it, you can't get rid of it. Once it's there and you, you've let it in, you can't do anything about it. It, it was very odd because you wait for a, a movie with, a poltergeist or a ghost presence and you wait for them to get rid of it and there's no getting rid of it in this that's kind of one of the rules that they establish right up front and if you don't talk about it and you don't face up to it then you lose more and more control to it so all of the rules are like everything that is your instinct to do which is to decompartmentalize it and push it away and all of these other things that's just going to make it worse for you yeah it's like quicksand uh, the more you struggle, the deeper you're going to go into it. And that that's interesting, but it's also so abstract that, again, I don't know. It, it doesn't do a lot to give you a story that you can kind of like figure your way around. It's it's still it's very emotional, but I don't know that it's told in such a way that I can like just easily wrap my head around it. Yeah, it's it's not straightforward yet. It's still pretty straightforward if that sounds if that sounds plausible yeah because well like you're saying you can't remember the ending but you've seen it twice yeah. and i think it's because yeah. the ending is a little obscure is at the end she decides not to kill her son and and they sort of defeat the baba duke but like her life almost starts to come together again they get the son enrolled into a different school which is going to be much better the uh what is basically the child protected services that came out to her house at some point and we're judging her start to realize, Oh, okay. You know, maybe things are going to be all right. Kid still says some outlandish shit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they realize that the mom is still a little crazy, but they feel like it's getting better. So they just kind of let it go. Uh, she, I think finds another job. She starts to develop a relationship, at least with the neighbor lady. Again, I don't know how it goes with the sister. The sister was kind of a bitch, but then at the end, she goes into the basement and she feeds the Babadook, kind of like how they feed Nick Frost at the end of Shaun of the Dead. Uh, it's like, yeah, I'm going to keep him around because in this case, they can't do anything but keep him around. He's a part of the house. He's yeah. a part of their lives now. So they just kind of have to keep him fed and, you know, docile, as docile as they can, which I guess is maybe part of what he wanted is he wants to be a part of the family. But the part of the family that lives in the basement and eats rat poop, I don't know. <laughs> and that's the, like the motivation of the Baba Duke is never spelled out. And maybe that's what they wanted to do. But I mean, you figure all the great uh, horror movies with, uh, you know, the, the long lasting one, you kind of get an idea of why they're doing what they're doing. You know? Yeah. Freddie did it because the parents killed him. Jason did it because they killed his mom. You know? Michael Myers did it because yeah. his sister. And, and yeah, and that's just like, but what is what's the Baba Duke here for? Yeah, so it's that's the part where it's he just wants to Baba do you. Yeah. <laughs> I I I don't I don't know. But I think that the story was told so well that even without having those factors in it, it's still good. Yeah. It's just does it make a lot of sense or or I mean, I really love the imagery. I really loved how they had it. The, when she's watching TV and the Babadook is just kind of showing up in shows and mm -hmm. stuff that they're watching mm -hmm. where she's looking in places and you see the the cloak and the hat and everything. Yep. I agree. This with that. Felt, that was cool. The other thing about this is it felt very much like some of the stuff that we've we've talked about with the uh, like the Slender Man mm -hmm. and those type of stories. It took me back to the first time that we watched Always Watching. And uh, I think the Crooked Man looks like it's going to be sort of a play off of that, too, is it's got that creepypasta kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. and, a, and a modern day horror character like this, that that is a good jumping off point. But it, it still has a lot of originally originality. And the the book stuff was was cool, especially it's like I would like to own that pop up book. I know I looked for it after the first time I watched it. 
I couldn't. Yeah. It may exist now. It may exist now. It's certainly one of those things that should have wound up on a Kickstarter or something afterwards. Or a fucking Etsy page. Yeah. You can't tell me someone isn't willing to remake those. What was this movie rated? Do you know? I don't. Uh, My guess is PG-13. Wikipedia. Uh, It kind of depends because there was a masturbation scene in it. Ah, that's true, but you know, I forgot about that. I was trying to think. I'm like, this may be a movie you could show children. I forgot about that. Never yeah, mind. I take that back. It's not rated. It's not according rated. to IMDb. Okay. Yeah, there's no rating. Hmm. Do pop up book. Oh, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. Baba Duke Davis. Is that his last name? I don't, I don't know. Oh, Blu-ray. Uh, this was the first movie from the director, though uh, Jennifer Kent, and and got a lot of of high praise and everything. She's doing another movie called The Nightingale coming up. That oh, and she did a short called Duke Stole Christmas. Oh boy. Hey, would you Which, let the Baba Dukey in the cornhole? I mean, I thought does it have earlier. I don't want to forget about it. I, I can't really process corn. It might help. Oh. Yeah, I, like I don't know what can really be said about this. It's it's such a visual film, and it's such a, a thing that that you kind of have to see the the steps and everything that goes across, and you see just how tortured the mother is, and you see how terrorized the child is by both his imagination and by the fact that he's the only one that believes this thing is real, and and it's it's a little bit of the the boy who cried wolf. Is that he's always been easily freaked out, but then when there's something that's actually truly there that's doing something, mm-hmm. there's no one who believes him. And there's nobody who will believe her or help her. So they're kind of both in the same boat. And the the person that they should be able to both rely on is each other. And he's constantly like, I don't want to lose you, mom. I don't want to, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to go away. And so he's constantly like holding on to her and and just grabbing her and not letting her go and she's like i just need a break from you the whole time and so that's why she's pushing back against him when he's doing everything again he can to protect her and he's like would you protect me and she says yes but he realizes that that's not really what she's doing yeah and that's another hard thing in this is that moment of like at some point his mom comes to kill him you know his mom Kills the dog, which is a hard scene, too. Like, knowing mm-hmm. that that was even coming up and then seeing it happen didn't make it any easier. That was that was another point where, like, I don't have trigger moments necessarily, but that is, we, we've talked about this, that's yep. kind of one of the things that, like, I don't enjoy that. Yeah, but I think that's, that's part of the reason that um, it's done. Because animal violence upsets so many people, and if you're trying to make a movie that's upsetting people, then it's kind of a no-brainer you know what i mean yeah but in this movie there's only two people that either or two creatures that either die or are meant to die and that's the dog and the kid and then eventually the mom is supposed to off herself or get taken by the police because they're like oh she murdered her kid plus they do a little bit of uh john carpenter's prince of darkness where she's watching stories on tv like news stories that are the future for her when the cops are outside of her house and they're saying, yeah, she, she killed her, her, her child. And, and now they're bringing her in. You can see her in the window and stuff. And it's like the future, but she doesn't again buy into it. And she just thinks she's hallucinating because she hasn't slept in so long. Yeah. Um, so going back a little bit, this Mr. Babadook book, there was a campaign in which, I think the number was 800. I have since left that page, but uh, like five or 800 were made and they cost about $60 a piece right now on eBay, which is the same as a dildo. Yep. Same as a dildo. <laughs> I would rather have the book than the dildo, but right now on eBay, there are four of them for sale ranging from $200 to $1,100. Yeah. I'm not surprised, which is fucking insane. Maybe if it was a hundred bucks, I would buy it, but the, a, a handful a handful of them were signed by the director 
the J uh, by Jay Kent. Limited edition movie is you know looked at as a a success. The yep. imagination of what it takes to make the Babadook in that book, I think, is Man. to me it's the best part of the film. It's it's uh-huh. certainly the most palatable part of the film is yeah. the Babadook story and the book and and all the stuff that comes from that. Man, I just wish it wasn't fucking two hundred dollars. I really want this book. <laughs> that you would open up and look at once. That's and, that's and why. Put it on a shelf. Yeah, that's why two hundred dollars is far too much for me. It's got There's got to be somewhere. There's. So I saw someone on Etsy uh, making like prints of like the pages, just one set of pages out of cardboard. They looks really neat, but I don't know. I'm just all about finding this book right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there anything else you really want to say about the movie then? No, I th- I thought it was great. I thought it was a great movie, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because you you talk about it like you you hate so much of of the kid and everything, and yet you always <laughs> when you mention the Babadook, you you get a little giddy. I think I think it's a really good movie, but I hate the kid. But the kid is meant to be hated. So by me, I don't know if he's meant to be hated as he's meant to be annoying. Well, right, but he's meant to be frustrating. He's meant to be an annoyance in the movie. Right. I just I, I, I go straight to hatred. Yeah, he's a screaming kid in Kmart, and you're like, why aren't you doing something about your kid? Yep. And it's like, but you don't know that woman's world and where she's been and how much she's already tried to deal with with this kid. And at this point in time, she has to just tune the screaming out because nothing's going to change anyways. And it's either I actively beat you in front of strangers uh, or I just know that we just have to let you work this out yourself. Yeah, man, parenting is so hard. I know. <laughs> like, it's just, just let them, I, let them, uh, let them deal with it. I'm just saying, call your moms. I know it's not Mother's Day, but it, call your moms anyways, people. It's it's the right thing to do, uh, even if they didn't do 100 percent right by you. They, they they probably tried their best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, some are jerks. I had a bad stepmom once. That's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into stepmom problems. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So on that note, we are gonna go. Sorry, I'm getting messages about work because this is my life now. But we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna read this movie. So Corey, let's get to the uh, Fab Cave. Uh. So if you're unfamiliar with our Fab scale, uh, we it's three tiers: the F, the A, the P. Zero to five. Uh, the first is going to be the feature. Uh, how was the story? Was it interesting? How was the acting? Zero to five. Uh, Corey, since we have no guests, you have to go first. I think the story was really good. I think the acting was really good because I bought into the the pain that the mom was in and how frustrated she was and the insomnia and everything else that was going on. I think the kid, like you said, you don't like him because of how frustrating he is and how annoying he is but he's doing a great job of it uh the only thing i have a problem with is unclear motivations as to what the babadook really is doing and why and why you can't defeat it then what's kind of the point yeah uh, especially at the end so i'm gonna give it a four uh yeah i definitely agree i mean i gave it uh i give it a four also i think it's a really great movie um all around yeah it's an original story too which is huge um next up we got the attention uh this is going to be rewatchability would you purchase it would you recommend it you're talking about spending 200 bucks on a book from it uh um i did <laughs> I, said, go higher than me. I said i said that i would really like to own this book but not 200 dollars worth yeah so suck it yeah i can't say that i want to rewatch this if, if if I just rewatch the scenes of the Babadook creature itself and the, the things of it in the book and it showing up the real world and all of that stuff, I would probably rewatch that. But it's not because it's not good or well done. It's just it's hard to rewatch. Uh, but in all fairness, I would I would put it on for somebody else who hasn't seen it and expect them to watch it and get yeah. their reactions. So I'm going to go three. 
Uh, so oddly enough, I also gave it a three, uh, mostly because like I've seen it twice. I'm really am not in a hurry to watch it again. Um, if I was still buying DVDs, I would buy this movie. But I don't buy DVDs anymore. So when I want to watch it, I will just stream it from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, last up is the panic. Um, how are the effects? A lot of effects in this movie. And uh, surprises where you kept on the edge of your seat. I think the effects were great. I, I think that they did an art style that that gave it an individuality. Like I said, it's a little creepy pasta, uh, but it's done even different from the expectations of a creepy pasta. It's like creepy pasta done right, yep. if anything else. Uh, I think that from the creature perspective, from the book perspective, from everything as far as the sets and and feeling like you understood and were a part of that world while you were watching it, I'm I'm actually going to go five on this. Oh damn! <laughs> I only gave it a three. No, that's fine. I I just think that for for what it was trying to bring across, it did it so well mm-hmm. that it may not have been as visually stimulating as like a uh. Pan's Labyrinth or something. Yeah. But I think that what it the story it was trying to tell, it visually told perfectly. Awesome. Well, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us. Or you can call your mom. You can call your mom, tell her you love her. Uh or you can email us at pot at gncast.com. Uh then you can leave a message on our website also. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast of Terror. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcatchers. Please leave us feedback. It's been a long time. I'm starting to think nobody likes us anymore. Um, all subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash sign up. And you can follow the entire network of shows here on Facebook at the Collective Network. Corey, where can the people find you? Uh so I accidentally wound up kind of taking over a couple of shows on Geek on Friday. I, I snuck my way into Sonics and Sabres, and then I became the uh, inadvertent guest on the final episode of the season of Mind of a Geek because they had a last minute cancellation. Uh, and then JF Debo showed up too, so it was kind of a worry if we were we would probably still be on the air right now if JF hadn't been so tired and everybody getting ready for Nerdtacular. See, what I'm going to suggest is go over to Ink Geek Studios or check out their their Twitch. Certainly watch their live shows when you have a chance because their live audience is amazing and it's great to be a part of that. But but yeah, check out the latest episodes of Sonics and Sabres and Mind of a Geek if you want to hear more of me. If you don't, you can go to the comics that I help publish at DonutsComics.com. Terrific. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and untapped at Matt the Lifeguard. That is going to do it for another episode of the podcast there. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. If you've already consumed all the great content from Galactic Network, and you want, uh, you're still hungering for more podcasts. I need more podcasts. I gotta uh, listen I'm, I'm to Joe them. Listener over here. I just, uh, I, I just love, I just love audio media. Is there a show for Joe Listener? There yes. is. There's two, in fact. If you are a <laughs> Simpsons fan, you should check out Worst Episode Ever, a Simpsons podcast. That sounds great, but I'm not a Simpsons fan. I love the '90s, but uh, Simpsons well, is in my my pop culture blind spot. If you don't like the Simpsons, so to speak. How about 90s Percentile, which is a show about the 90s, and both of them are hosted by you and me, Dan and Jack from Wii Studios. I don't know why I'm so surprised, then. (laughs) Why you shouldn't be. Do I do the whole podcast in this voice? Uh, You'll have to check an episode out to find out. Where do I check it out? Uh, WePodcast.com, of course. W-E-E-Podcast.com. Next week on the Podcast of Terror. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about some weird movie that Corey's making me watch called gravy tastes good on turducken <laughs> that's true you don't have to put it inside either for it to be good uh but yeah it came out in 2015 i don't know what the fuck i'm getting into but all i can think about is the fat guy who drank a bowl of gravy on youtube uh it is not that but i've been holding on to this on my dvr for about a year waiting for us to get around to it it's been on the list that long so i finally said fuck it we don't have a guest oh wait we do we oh yeah we do we do but we don't so we're going to be doing an interview with um the two guys from the website the darkmart.net um and that's we're actually going to what's going to happen is we're going to record them separately we're going to record talking with them 
which will be the chunk of the, the episode, and then we'll do a, a discussion on gravy, and then I'll just, through the miracles of technology, put them together. So we're going to, talking to them is going to be the chicken, yep. and then we're going to stuff it inside the turkey that is the show, and, or no, and the duck that is the show, yep. and then we're going to stuff it inside the turkey that is your ear holes. Yep, and then we're going to cover it in gravy, which is the name of the movie. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast, Darren. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.